welcome to the Web Policy Talk podcast recorded live at the Impact and Policy Research Institute Impri New Delhi Namaste and good evening, everyone. I am Ritika Gupta, Assistant Director at IMPRI, Impact and Policy Research Institute, Prabhav Evam Niti, Anusandhan Sansthan, Nai Delhi. Extend my heartless welcome to you all to IMPRI hashtag Web Policy Talk. Today we are here for a panel discussion on rural realities in the state of West Bengal, practitioners' experiences in tackling the second wave in Indian languages. The discussion is being organized by Center for Habitat, Urban and Regional Studies at IMPRI. I would now like to request Dr. Simi Mehta, the CEO and Editorial Director at MP, to introduce our eminent panelists further. Ma'am, over to you. Thank you. Thank you, Ritika, and good evening to everyone. I hope you, your loved ones, and everyone around you are staying safe and you are healthy. As the second wave of COVID-19 rages across the country and engulfs the rural spaces as well this time as compared to the first wave, Since the start of this month of May, IMPRI has been organizing state-wise discussions to understand the practitioners' perspectives on the rural realities and how they are tackling the second wave. So far, we have held discussions for uh, almost all the states, including Andhra Pradesh, Telangana, Gujarat, Rajasthan, Bihar, Jharkhand, Odisha, uh, Himachal Pradesh, Uttarakhand, Assam, Meghalaya, Tripura, Sikkim, Arunachal Pradesh, Nagaland, Manipur, Uttar Pradesh, Punjab, Haryana, uh, Karnataka, uh, and uh, also um, and also uh, Kerala. And today we will be discussing the rural realities with the practitioners of West Bengal. And I am very fortunate to uh, inform you that we have a very esteemed guest uh, panelists and. Um, some and the panelists include uh, the moderator for the session is dr binayak sundas he is assistant professor at the center for himalayan studies university of north bengal siliguri darjeeling uh, we have with us uh, mr sankar haldar he is founder president of uh, mukti we have with us um, mr chandan kumar mehti sir he is general secretary uh, of the advanced society for headmasters and headmistresses west bengal Uh, we have with us uh, Tanmoy Bhaduri sir. He is independent journalist and development communication expert. We have with us um, Dr. Vikram Rai. He is assistant professor at Saint Joseph's College and founder of uh, Vikram Foundation. Uh, we'll also be joined by Mr. Rajin Sundas. He is Trinamool Congress leader and uh, MLA candidate from Matigara Naxal Naxalbari, Darjeeling. And we have with us Mr. Samir Kumar Das. He is professor. in uh, professor in the department of political science and also director of institute of foreign policy studies at university of kolkata and uh, we'll also be joined by uh, dr somedeep chattopadhyay he is associate professor um, viswabharati university santiniketan and also visiting senior faculty fellow at uh, uh, impri impact and policy research institute so i'll not take much time and i'll straight away invite uh, dr binay Uh, for his opening remarks and invite the presentation team and then take the session uh, accordingly so uh, dr binayak over to you thank you so much uh i think to begin with i i would like uh, to uh, you know uh, thank uh, impri 
for thinking of me as moderator of this very, very esteemed and very diverse uh, panel. I can see some very big names here, and I, and and one uh, sort of and one sort of uh, hopes that we can get some really good ideas that will be exchanged with one another. Because at the moment it seems that COVID is on the offensive and we are on the defensive. You know, it seems COVID is ravaging across the lands and we are just sitting back. Uh, hiding in our in our in our rooms, and when we have these kind of conversations, when we have these kind kinds of discussion, it seems that we are getting back on the offensive. Uh, let me not waste too much time by this, uh, you know, by by a monologue, and let me straight away get into this panel that I myself am very very excited to hear. Uh, I think we should begin with, uh, if, if if and I'm I'm only I'm, I'm basing this this. Uh, uh, you know, this this chronology based on who I can see on my screen first. Uh, if I can invite um, uh, Mr. Shankar Haldar uh, to make... We also have a presentation to make, Binay. Yes. Oh, should, should we begin with... Yes. yes. Yeah, oh, sorry. I'm so sorry. I'm so sorry. We have a presentation. Yeah, so we'll begin with the presentation then, sir, Arjun, sir? Yes. yes. Right. Mayma, ready? Yeah. Yes, sir. You can share the screen. Yes. So start with that. Right. So uh, to have a informed and uh, discussion on the uh, quantitative aspects of what the cases have been in terms of number of cases and vaccination and all, our team has prepared uh, a small presentation. Uh, Mahima, Swati, Chavi, Sakshi, Ritika and Manasuni have. And Manasuni will make the presentation. So Mahima is ready. Manasuni, yes. are, are you ready? Thank you, sir. Uh, hello and Namaskar Shabaike. I am Manoswani Sarkar, researcher at EMPRI, Impact Policy Research Institute, Prabhab Ebong uh, Niti Anushrandhan Chansta, and a master's student of development studies at the Graduate Institute Geneva, and I'm joining from Geneva. Today, we will be discussing the practitioner's experience in tackling the second wave in the villages of West Bengal. West Bengal is the first, fourth most populous state and the most densely populated state, second only to Bihar. Its total population is estimated to be around 10 crores today. It is also the 14th largest state by area in India. It is geographically located in the eastern part of the country, bordered by the states of Jharkhand, Bihar, Orissa, Sikkim, Assam, and the countries of Nepal, Bhutan, and Bangladesh. It also contains the high peaks of Himalayas in the north, northern peaks and uh, the Bay of Bengal in the south. It has 23 districts, north 24 Parganas, south 24 Parganas, Bordhuman, Mushidabad, Purbo Medhnipur, Poshchim Medhnipur, Hooghly, Nodia, Haura, Kolkata, Jalpaiguri, Malda, Bakura, Birbhum, Uttur Dinajpur, Dokhin Dinajpur, Purulia, Kuchbihar, Poshim Bordhuman, Purbo Bordhuman, Jhargram, Alipur Duar, Kalimpong, and Darjeeling. And some of the major cities like Kolkata, Asansol, Siliguri, Durgapur, and Bordhuman, among others. In contemporary times, with respect to socioeconomic indicators, Bengal performs above national average on social indices in terms of sex ratio, literacy rate, infant mortality rate, and overall human development index. However, the SCG rank uh, at 14 and the per capita income is quite low in the position 20th. 
with respect to the covid-19 pandemic we've seen west bengal has unfortunately been one of the worst hit states and there has been a high fatality rate there have been around 10 lakh positive cases and presently around 1.5 active 1.5 lakh active cases as of may 21st the numbers in the second wave have been especially uh, jarring experts say that a prolonged state election campaign since march helped covid cases jump especially in rural bengal there have been almost a uh, 40 40 fold increase in most medical and uh, most medical professionals blaming the mass gatherings at election rallies for the huge surge in the disease the two districts that were worst hit during the pandemic were kolkata and not 24 parganas uh even the administration has somewhat been lax in handling the second wave with announcing no restrictions on curfew and has only recently announced a lockdown till 31st may the state hasn't hit its peak yet but is already running out of oxygen beds and consumption of medical oxygen has gone up from 470 metric tons to 550 metric tons we see in the vaccination drive uh, most uh, only 1.02 crore vaccines have been administered and most private facilities have closed inoculation drive due to a paucity of vaccines the state government however plans to set up 55 oxygen plants at state run hospital I with this I would like to end uh, my presentation with the famous lines of Robi Thakur Mukto koro bhoy apono majhe shokti dharo niche ke koro joy Thank you and dhonnobad now we'll hear from our esteemed panelists about the condition of the rural realities of the state with this we wish and pray for the health for the health for the healthy and prosperous west bengal আর আমরা প্রার্থনা করি সবাই যে সুস্থ আর সমৃদ্ধ থাকুক পশ্চিমবঙ্গতে ধন্যবাদ থ্যাংক ইউ সো মাচ মানুষুনি and uh, now i think we would like to i would like to invite uh, uh, sankar haldar sir to come and give uh, his opinions on the rural realities and the and the response to the covid 19 uh, sankar haldar sir can you hear me sir yes namaste can you hear me yes sir yes sir yeah yeah so yeah nice to uh, meet you guys and it's a great opportunity to speak uh, on behalf of west bengal rural now um, let me uh, emphasize uh, the background what we are facing over here just you all know but still so last one and a half years the west bengal especially the south bengals uh, where our organization mukti densely uh, working so the, the we are we are facing unique challenges uh, we first face uh, the bulbul one super cyclone in uh, november 2019 and then immediately after few months then the first wave of this pandemic uh, uh, that came in across india and then from the cities right and then um, then uh, in in um, last year in 2000 may uh, we we face another one deadly cyclone is or, or i could say it's an hurricane so uh, almost you know, 185 200 km speed that amphan Um, and uh, again uh, again this uh, the second wave 
and you probably heard when I am talking now, another one cyclone is actually hitting to our place. Uh, it's called George. So it is an is unprecedented situations our uh, villagers are going through. Our, big, our villagers are uh, basically they are poor. They, they depend their livelihood. They depend on the kind of environmental uh, resources like uh, catching fish, cutting wood, and depend on the rivers and jungles. And few have them, uh, they have little bit pieces of land, which is kind of a monocore, uh, is depend on uh, kind of a, um, uh, this uh, rainwater harvesting. Uh, with, with rainwater, they normally uh, go for the corping. And uh, most of the people, uh, around 30 to 40 percent people, they are kind of a migrant labor. They either come to nearby city like Calcutta, or if they are, uh, if they can go, they can uh, spread across India and various cities. So this, this is a kind of a demographic which you deal. Now, because of the pandemic, these guys are now back. They cannot go to city to work. They do not have any livelihood over there. And this is not for a month or week. It is going through for one and a half years, right? We all understand. So we have we have livelihood challenge. The local, the, the people, a large number of people has gone below the poverty line. These guys are surviving with aids from either from government or from NGOs like us or, or few others. And in top of that, um, that the one after one deadly cyclone hitting, and then uh, it's taking away their whatever they have, even their hearts, their their uh, houses, their land, all the even the smaller cultivated lands they have, it is being flooded with uh, the saline water. So it is, it is normally, if you know, if the saline water flooded in your cultivated land, it takes two to three or sometimes it's five years, seven years time to make again it's available. So it is a different. It is a very difficult uh, economic uh, challenges people are facing and on top of that the second wave and the second wave you know it has come in such a way that when people are completely engaged for the entire people mind and discussions uh, the people are focusing on elections over here so when the people are focusing on the elections and uh, completely uh, no, the people are ignoring this this uh, this warning and that time just uh, the election is over and it has uh, roll over to us right so so what happened is literally before elections three to four months almost it was a uh, dummy government right government was not fully functional and that what happened is definitely uh, that's the election is not only the cause of spreading but this is definitely one cause of spreading over here in in, in, in west bengal and and then uh, what happened is in the past wave the calcutta uh, or, or west bengal somehow they managed good you know uh, and and that's why and we know the wave normally comes from developed country and then they were underdeveloped country and then uh, cities and then small city and then the village. That's the way the wave goes. And then if the city could not manage, then it, the pressure has gone to, or the second level pressure has gone to the villages. So now you will see uh, that the city numbers are coming down and village number has increased like at least by 10 times. So almost in every houses, uh, they are facing this kind of challenge. And the second, and the problem is over there, the people, 
uh, they are not going for any testing because uh, because they don't have infrastructure to test. Even in city people, they go for tests, so it will take three to four days to get result and the money, of course, and they don't have infrastructures. In addition to that, they have that social stigma. They cannot go and do it. They are identified as a uh, uh, this COVID patient, then it's very difficult for their livelihood over there. Even nobody will take them in job or they, they will not offer anything, right? So even uh, it is very challenging for them. So social stigma is another one big issue. In addition to that, uh, these um, they, they, uh, these guys, uh, they, they do not have any healthcare facility. So normal channel is what? For in a normal situation, if uh, the guys, uh, the village guys, if they get sick, then uh, normally they try to manage the local and then if they cannot manage, if it is too critical, then they sell some of their land or something, jewelry or cow, and then some, some way they manage some cash and they rush to city uh, to save their life. So that's the way it is. Now the city is flooded out, right? Even the city guys, Calcutta and the suburbs, they are, uh, they are not being able, even, even our city hospitals and the healthcare facilities which we have, they're not being able to uh, the cater the requirement of, the, of these people. So forget about the villagers. The villagers, even if they are coming, so they are coming on the uh, way and they are just simply dying on the road. So what we are approaching is over here, the from the, So we are distributing large number of your concentrator and free medicine kit, oxygen concentrator and, and oximeters and the PPs to the healthcare people, irrespective it's a quack doctor, paramedicals, or good doctors who are actually front-ending, and we are making them equipped in such a way that whatever way they can actually fight this disease and they can restrict our villages in village itself because if the villagers come in and they try to flood in in Calcutta or in the city, they will not simply manage able to get a seat or, 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 a, or a bed. So that is that is the whole intention. Even if our our intention is that in the guy, local guys, we have instructed them if the oxygen level is going below 85, don't take risks. Immediately rush to the hospital. But wherever they will go, even the hospital and the public hospitals which are available, they are the underfunded. They do not have a good infrastructures. They cannot handle this case. So even the villagers are saying. Look, even if we go to the, uh, the, the the city, we don't have money to spend or we will not get the bed. So better to uh, try over here, whatever best you can do, you do whatever medicine or oxygen concentrator you are giving. So try to manage it that. Some way we are able to save some lives and we are not being able to save many lives. So that's the way actually it is running in the uh, field. For uh, sake of time, I would like to uh, stop here. I'll try to give a handover to you. Thank you. Thank you so much, Shankar, sir, uh, for not just a wonderful uh, uh, sort of presentation that you gave, which, you know, when you're speaking, I was almost thinking of the similar kind of problems we are facing here in, 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 in the rural areas about, you know, uh, health infrastructure, et cetera, et cetera. Uh, and also, thank you so much for sticking to the time limit. Uh, without any further ado, I would like to invite uh, Mr. Chandan Kumar Mehti, uh, General Secretary, Advanced Society for Headmasters and Headmistresses, West Bengal. Sir, over to you. Can you hear us? Sir. Sir? No, I will coordinate. Sir is having some glitches. Okay, should I go to the next uh, speaker then? We yes, can sir. go to Tanmoji. Yeah. Okay. Uh, so, Tanmoji, uh, uh, can you hear me? Can you hear me? Uh, am I audible? 
Yeah, yeah. I understand you are having a storm there with 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 uh, you. Uh, I'm sure that's bringing in a lot of network issues. But anyway, I, we can see you and hear you clearly. So, Mr. Tanmay Bahaduri, independent journalist and development and communication expert. Sir, over to you. Uh, I have few points to mention. Uh, I don't take much time. Shankar have mentioned most of these uh, ground realities here. I have, uh, I have, I found several NGOs are working to uh, among uh, hesitant communities uh, and generating awareness regarding vaccinations and all in the rural areas. But the reality is different. There is a vaccination shortage all over the West Bengal, and this shortage needs to be publicly acknowledged. And the pragmatic and equitable uh, strategy needs to be adopted. Uh, the second thing is there is a prominent digital divide, which is uh, prominent across the rural areas. People are rarely registered their name in the COVID app and uh, they are scheduling uh, their vaccination slots. And even the urban poor remain clueless about this online vaccination process. Uh, I would like to uh, urge the government that instead of investing in digital health, the government needs to invest more, more uh, uh, on the employing more vaccinators and more vaccine officers in the rural PHCs. There are hardly two, three uh, officials, there are two, three workers there, mostly ASHAs and the uh, ANMs are working in vaccination process and they are overburdened with their job. And uh, there is initially there is a uh, crisis of oxygen and beds in the uh, city and later it is uh, managed by the uh, government, but now the rural issue is uh, the crisis is increasing in rural areas, which Shankar has also mentioned. And the problem is there is a lack of ambulance service. There is uh, no private nursing homes available. There is no ICU bed available in district. Especially, I, I got two days ago I got a call from Purulia. There is no ICU beds available in the city. And there is only four uh, government hospitals, and there are other uh, safe homes. And uh, the patient party wants to shift the patient to Kolkata. Then they did not get any uh, bed here. They are trying to shift the patient to Dhanbad. So that's the big, biggest problem here in, in rural areas. And another thing I found, uh, I couldn't found much politicians working in the second wave. Uh, in la last year, they are and they ran for two, three months community kitchen for rural people, even the urban poor. But this time it is not visible in uh, most of the rural areas. And only the volunteers are responding to emergency calls. And there are the uh, uh, even the uh, accessing the police permission to move one district to another district it is quite time consuming. We need some uh, web based solution to reduce this time consuming process. You, uh, yesterday, I went to Nodia to reach uh, around 4,000 uh, uh, masks and 500 bottles of sanitizer. And the day before yesterday, I went to a police station and submitted an application. Then they issued a uh, permit after four hours. And it is a time consuming process. And we need a web based solution to reach relief to the poor people. And another problem I, I think our NGOs are facing here is media attention on COVID death due to uh, lack of beds and hospital beds and oxygen uh, in the big cities give the donor priorities. And the, uh, it, this is impacting relief efforts in the ground and there are families of daily wagers, the one who have lost their jobs and ones going back to home in the villages. But because of the entire focus is on oxygen and beds, the hunger of millions is invisible invisible. Even raising funds for the AMFAN was difficult and this time the funds, uh, relief fund for yes will be a difficult job for the NGOs. Okay, done.
Tanmay, you because... can also no. Tanmay is also leading some uh, NGOs and doing many relief work. If you can also. Ah, uh, I am not leading an NGO. Actually, I am an independent journalist. I am doing some crowdfunding work, and I started a crowdfunding to reach uh, uh, sanitary napkins among uh, adolescent girls in the living in the Indo Bangladesh border area. And I started it from last year, and I uh, raised around 3.75 lakhs, and it is 1,200 girls for the last 12 months. And I also started. Uh, Bed uh, making unit in the village, uh, donated uh, sewing machines, uh, clothes for making pads, and trained uh, around 20 girls in the pad making process. And now this project is also uh, uh, India expanded in North Bengal. Uh, and last month I went to uh, Siliguri and we started a project in the Gungaram Tea Garden in Fashidwa. And we have also planned uh, this project to implement in Naxalbari, Meriview uh, Tea Garden in Naxalbari block. So we are trying to expand this project in rural areas, and especially in border areas, where the girls have a, a limited access to reusable, uh, re not reusable, any kind of sanitary napkins. You know, I was about, before <clears throat> Dr. Arjun came in, I was about to say whatever you're saying is so fascinating. I'm sure you have more to say and you've got time. Actually, you still have two two minutes more if, if there's anything else you'd want to add. Uh, you know, I found what you're saying about Naxalbari fascinating because, you know, we are also working in the same region, as a matter of fact, exactly in Meriview Tea State. So, uh, I guess one, one thing that's already come out of this discussion is that we got to know that you're also working here and we'll probably coordinate with you after this. Uh, also, the thing that you mentioned about, uh, uh, you know, getting, uh, uh, you, know, you know, difficulty getting permissions is something that, that really resonates with with those of us who are trying to work on the field, it's it's, it's actually quite a nightmare uh, going to the police stations and waiting. Anyhow, thank you so much, Tanmay, sir. Uh, I'm sorry, I'm sure there are tons of questions waiting for you. Uh, but now moving to the next speaker, and as the North often complains that the discourse sometimes tends to remain focused in South Bengal, we are moving towards the north of the north. We're moving towards Darjeeling, where we have uh, Mr. Bikram Rai, Assistant Professor, St. Joseph College and founder of Big Run Foundation with us. Uh, Vikram sir, are you, can you hear me? Yeah, yeah. Yeah, Vikram sir, over to you, please. Yeah, yeah. So thank you so much, uh, Vinayak, and uh, I hope everybody uh, can hear me. Um, it's a wonderful platform because, uh, you know, we could uh, kind of get together and hear a lot of your experiences, especially from the plains, because uh, for us in Darjeeling, it's a little different because the COVID situation in Darjeeling and how we are tackling. You know, one is because of the mountainous region, like uh, the furthest we have is place like Rimbik. It takes about five hours or to six hours to come to even the district hospital where there is a, a kind of an ICU facility. So uh, the challenge for us when we are talking about in Darjeeling, it's the infrastructure that we are battling with. And we have been battling with it for the last uh, you know, let's say from right from the independence because of the terrain and of the region. Uh, so it's really difficult for us on that on that grounds. And also one of the main reasons that we are battling or we are having issues in Darjeeling is the stigma uh, because people refuse to test. And uh, in, in fact, whenever we try and encourage them to test, whether it is the rapid antigen or the RT-PCR, the RT-PCR has a problem here because there is only one district hospital 
and the North Bengal uh, Medical uh, College, the RT-PCR uh, samples are sent down and it takes about uh, on an average three to four days for the results to come out. So that itself has now become a big problem. And uh, initially when the second wave started, um, there was a lot of backlog, you know, uh, people uh, nearly waited for six days and seven days to get the results. But now there is a, a system here where you can do rat, rapid antigen if you have symptoms. But the problem here is that people are refusing to test. The number one reason that we have found out is that there is so much of stigma that people, uh, if you are found uh, COVID positive, people stop, uh, you know, uh, going to your houses. They stop uh, kind of, there is a social boycotting of your relatives. And uh, there is a lot of denial. People are denying the fact that they are COVID positive and saying it that it's just a flu because, you know, because of the conditions here, uh, it is very common to have a, a like, uh, you know, the common cold, flu, fever. And this is the season for it. So people are just waiting uh, at home and they are trying to self-medicate. So, you know, from, uh, I've been teaching in North Point College for the last 16 years. I, I teach mass communication and journalism. And uh, we got a shout out from one of our rectors. So uh, basically I'm a product of St. Joseph School, uh, which is the oldest school in Darjeeling, one of the oldest schools. And also uh, alumni of St. Xavier's Calcutta. So, uh, and now that I teach in St. Joseph's College. So basically I come from a very uh, Jesuit kind of background. So the Jesuits kind of came up with an idea and uh, it was a very innovative idea. So basically the government of West Bengal uh, took out two notifications. One was on the 3rd of May and later on, on one on the 13th of May regarding a community isolation center. The 3rd of May said that you need to inform and take a concurrence of the COMH and later on, because, uh, and they had these various guidelines, like it should be in an isolated area, it should be in, in a, you know, your waste, the medical waste that you have generated must be disposed of properly. There should be uh, duffing and, you know, all, all the guidelines were presented in, in that order. On the 13th order, there was another guideline. I'm sure everybody has access to it. Uh, it just said that you need to inform the COMH, but the word concurrence, was dropped so which technically means that you didn't need a permit unless you if you have all the guidelines that the uh, community isolation center would be set up so after much of you know working around and you know darjeeling the people of darjeeling are lovely in the sense that they uh, really come forward so we started this drive about and we are from i have a uh, running foundation basically we encourage young runners to run long distance marathons so we started to uh, you know have some kind of donation drive so we from our foundation gave 50 blankets and uh, then from there somebody gave us uh, five oxygen concentrators and knowing our school uh, there are a lot of uh, the alumni which is there uh, they are very rich uh, and some very, really famous alumni are also there, like the King of Nepal, the Bhutan, and currently the, uh, the Sikkim MLA, the CM son, who's also studied, he's also uh, an alumni of the school. So he decided the Sikkim chapter nearly gave 
around about three, four lakhs. And, you know, we came up with an isolation center. So, you know, as we do it, what I find out is that, uh, I don't know about other places, but in Darjeeling, we need to innovate. Yeah, innovation is very, very important. Like, you know, the community isolation center says that you cannot keep someone below the, if your oxygen level goes below, uh, 88 or 87 and you need to rush them to a district hospital. So here what we did was we decided to kind of come up with a setup where we will bring all the oxygen concentrators and uh, you know we will try and have a proper hospital setup. So we have got uh, two big private hospitals. One is the Planters Hospital and the Yuma Hospital backing us up. And we have got 10 residential nurse who are full-time staying in the community isolation center and looking after the inmates. There is a detailed program because as you know, that uh, the COVID situation is also, it takes a toll not only on your body, but also on your mind. There is a lot of mental stress. So uh, the, the center we have created has an overall or it has all around development, in, including 8 to 8.30, there is an entertainment program also. So, and carom boards and, and after the inmate finishes his uh, stay, he's allowed to take uh, whatever we have given, like for example, flasks and other things which are personal in use, they can take it back with them. So what we are trying to give people is that uh, we are trying to give them a kind of a care center with a lot of love and a, a lot of, uh, you know, medical attention. And I think this really helps. Most of the time, I feel like, you know, when I listen to most of the people, people are scared to go to the district hospital because uh, sadly, I teach media, the media only loves the negative part, you know, so they will always show lack of oxygen, or you will see that uh, the, the hospital is really dirty, or they will always show that the doctor is not on time or the sisters don't go on a particular time. But uh, we don't show so much of the positive news because it does not carry. So if a doctor comes uh, maybe 10 minutes earlier, that news would never uh, be aired. Uh, a news that a doctor coming 10 minutes late could be on the uh, news channel. So I think, here, what we have to do is one is we need to collaborate. So we have collaborated like the Jesuits have collaborated with the government. That is the GTA here. The GTA has totally backed up the colleges, the Jesuit college. Uh, from the police administration, we have got round the clock security for just in case any of the inmates, they, are, they cause any problems because we have had one such case last year where an inmate who was a, uh, um, he was a jail inmate and uh, was in jail for murdering someone. And uh, he was tested positive. So while taking him from the district hospital to the COVID hospital, he escaped and he was out in the jungle for about uh, nearly seven to eight days. And uh, he kind of survived the jungle. He came back, people had to catch him. But you know, the question that he, when, when he was asked that, why did you escape? Why did you go to the jungle? You could have been eaten by wild animals. He said, I'm really scared to go to a COVID hospital. So here, I think what we have to do is, if you look at uh, the health infrastructure, especially now, 
at, at times of COVID, we need to somehow uh, change, uh, bring some innovations, uh, also to uh, bring about um, you know certain collaborations. Like here, I see a lot of collaborations, like their NGOs, their media people. These are the people that we need to collaborate. The government needs to collaborate with them. And I think the government will not be able to fight this pandemic alone. That's where the key word is, that you cannot fight this pandemic alone. And we need to join hands with anybody who comes forward, whether it is the NGO, whether it's the colleges, whether it's the schools, whether it is the, you know, the doctors, the private doctors, the private nurses, a collaboration is a must especially in the hills where the infrastructure, the health infrastructure, like here, we do not have a, a proper a CT scan machine or like, you know, there is a lack of health infrastructure. So here we need to go back to the basics. And the basic is isolate, test. These are the things. So here we have created a safe home with a collaboration. We are also working on uh, various messages that is going around in Nepali saying that, uh, it's okay that you are po COVID positive. You don't need to be, uh, there is no need to, uh, you know, stigmatize someone. So that for that reason also, the college has opened, the college has opened uh, a legal, free legal counseling center. So there are two numbers that are given there in the pamphlet. And one, uh, luckily we have our rector who is Father Stanley. And Father Stanley is also an LLM and, a, and an MA in human rights. And we also have a dear friend who's al alumni of the school. He has also volunteered uh, the district uh, public prosecutor, Mr. Pranay Rai. He's also, uh, you know, uh, he's also offered to give free consultation. Like for example, there is any stigma or somebody is telling you not to come to the village or some tea garden worker has been uh, tested positive, but you know, the whole village has gone against him. So uh, in that case, they can call up this number and take for legal help. So the idea I feel uh, like what we have learned from Darjeeling is that we need to collaborate and we need to innovate. Innovation is very, very important. Like how, you know, this particular pandemic has taught us even like online meetings, this is what an innovation is all about. Uh, we wouldn't have thought it would be possible if the pandemic wasn't here, but it's possible now. We can be in Darjeeling, you can be in Calcutta, somebody can be anywhere, and we can still discuss about the major problems. So this is what we have been doing uh, in this wave. And uh, I've told, uh, our foundation, as well as the Jesuit fathers, that we should be prepared for the third wave. Because I think that's where we went wrong. We never thought about the second wave. And uh, that is why we were kind of, uh, our defense level was really low. So now that we know that there will be a third wave, we should uh, really be prepared for it so that uh, we can handle it better. Thank you so much for listening to me and my experiences from Darjeeling. Thank you so much, Vikram, Vikram sir. That that uh, that was a really, really, really interesting talk. And uh, you know, we are as as you know, we are already in, in contact with with Vikram Foundation to do something similar here in Siliguri. Uh, I'm sure there are tons of questions for you. But now, uh, as as Tanmay earlier was saying, that politicians aren't as as involved this time, and and often these kind of conversations only happen between academics. Uh, I think it's, you know, the great thing that, that Impri has done this time is actually bring a politician on, on, on board 
and 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 let's you know to hear what what uh, they have to say. Uh, we have uh, Sri Rajin Sundas, the Trinamool, uh, Trinamool Congress leader and also the MLA candidate from Matigara Naxal Badi here to speak with us. Uh, Sri Rajin Sundas ji, if you can hear it, can you hear it? Yeah, yeah. Over to you, sir. I can hear it. Please free to speak in Bangla also, if you feel like. No, no, no. I will speak in Hindi. Yeah, in Hindi is also okay. No problem. Yes, please. Yeah. अरे मेरा थोड़ा एक्सपीरियंस है मैं थोड़ा मैं यहाँ का टी गार्डन में काम किया बहुत दिन से काम करते करते मैं भी इफेक्टेड हो गया हूँ तो मेरा जो जो मेरा जो एक्सपीरियंस है इसमें जो फर्स्ट वेव था ये सेकेंड वेव दूसरा तरफ का है कि सेकेंड वेव में बहुत गरीब आदमी को लेबरर लोग को जितना भी काम कर रहा है यहाँ टी गार्डन में वो लोग बहुत इफेक्टेड हुआ है इसीलिए ये सेकेंड वेव बहुत डेंजर है और हम लोग का जो कमान में जो काम करता है दे आर नॉट वेरी एजुकेटेड वो लोग टेस्ट करने भी नहीं चाहता है और वो लोग ऐसा भी डरता है कि हम लोग टेस्ट करने से कमान बंद हो जाएगा हाँ और मैनेजर भी बोलता है सबको टेस्ट करने से कमान बंद हो जाएगा तो इसीलिए वो लोग बहुत डरता है इसीलिए हम लोग ने एक तो प्लान क्या किया है ये लोग क्यों डरता है कि ये लोग को जाना पड़ेगा दे हैव टू गो टू दो विक्रम अभी बोला है दे हैव टू गो टू द डिस्ट्रिक्ट हॉस्पिटल और हम लोग का यहाँ है नॉर्थ बंगाल में तो ये लोग बहुत डरता है इसीलिए हम लोग का वहीं एक तो सेफ होम बनाकर वो लोग को बोलना पड़ेगा दे आप लोग का बाहर जाना नहीं पड़ेगा आप लोग जो कोविड पॉजिटिव हुआ है वो आप लोग का यहीं आपको यहीं बैठना पड़ेगा यहीं कमान में ट्रीटमेंट हो जाएगा हम लोग का ये वो लोग का वो करना पड़ेगा हम लोग का बुझाना पड़ेगा जैसे आज एक तो हम लोग का यहाँ इंसिडेंट हुआ है जो एमएम तराई है दिस इज नॉट अ टी गार्डन एमएम तराई में जो एक जो वो रिवर्ल्ड वेल्ड में काम करता है वो लोग गरीब आदमी वो लोग फोर्टी फोर आउट ऑफ हंड्रेड फोर्टी फोर वो लोग पॉजिटिव हुआ है और वो लोग हम हम लोग को हमको बोला है सर हम क्या करें हम बोला है वो लोग ठीक है आप लोग आप लोग आप लोग जो है दवाई लेकर आप लोग मैंने आइसोलेशन होकर बैठ बैठ लीजिए तो हम बोला वो लोग आप लोग आप लोग को क्या लगेगा वो लोग बोला हम लोग का खाना वाना लगेगा ऐसे तो इसीलिए हम लोग क्या सोच रहे हैं एक तो तो सेफ होम हम लोग हम हम लोग हम आप लोग को बता दिया सेफ होम करना पड़ेगा और विलेज विलेज में एक तो विलेज ग्रुप करना पड़ेगा तो विलेज ग्रुप करने से क्या होगा कि विलेज ग्रुप करने से वो लोग वो लोग बोलेगा कि हाँ विलेज ग्रुप में वो लोग का क्या डिमांड है क्या लगेगा हम लोग क्या करता है हम लोग एनजीओ लोग जाता है और यहाँ से बहुत आदमी लोग जाता है और वहाँ विलेज में सब मार देता है तो मेरा सजेशन है वो लोग सभी को नहीं देकर जो जो एफेक्टेड है एफेक्टेड पर्सन है वो लोग को जो खाने के लिए वो लोग का विलेज विलेज का जो आदमी है वो लोग ही बोलेगा हम लोग का इतना आदमी को खाना लगे जैसे आज आज हम लोग एम एम तरह में वो लोग एक तो कॉमेडी हम बोलाता है तो कॉमेडी तुम लोग कॉमेडी कर लो तो कॉमेडी करके तुमको क्या क्या लगेगा वो हम लोग को बता दो तो हम वो लोग हमको बोला है हम लोग का खाना लगेगा ऐसा दवाई लगेगा ये लगेगा वो हम लोग प्रोवाइड कर रहा है कर रहा हूँ ये इसीलिए मेरा जो एक्सपीरियंस है जो एक्सपीरियंस है ये लोग सेकेंड वेव में बहुत डेंजर थोड़ा गरीब आदमी लोग को इफेक्ट हो रहा है आगे बार ऐसा नहीं हुआ था हम लोग आगे बार भी काम किया था ये बार एक गरीब आदमी लोग बहुत इफेक्टेड हुआ है इसीलिए हम लोग का इस बार सोचना पड़ेगा जो विक्रम ने अभी बोल रहा था ये गवर्नमेंट को खाली छोड़ देने से नहीं होगा हम लोग सब आगे आगे आकर काम करना पड़ेगा जो गरीब आदमी के लिए इसीलिए 
मैं भी ये लोग का साथ काम करते करते इफेक्टेड हो गया हूँ आज मेरा भी तेरह दिन हो गया हूँ हाँ मैं भी आइसोलेशन में हूँ इसलिए मैं बेसी बोलने नहीं सकूँगा बेसी नहीं बताऊँगा इसीलिए मैं इतना बोलकर मेरा बात यहीं समाप्त करता हूँ धन्यवाद थैंक यू सो मच अर्जुन सर डू यू डू शुड बी डू द प्रेजेंटेशन और वी कैन गो टू वी कैन गो टू चंदन सर चंदन सर या नो प्रॉब्लम नो प्रॉब्लम नो प्रॉब्लम सर चंदन सर इफ यू आर देयर वी कैन ओवर टू यू सर काइंडली अनम्यूट यस प्लीज सर Are you able to hear us, sir? Hello. Ah, yes. video off. Video off. Okay. I will coordinate. Yeah. Yes. Hello. Yes, sir. Please go on. Uh, yes. Uh, good afternoon, everybody. Uh, I think you are all well. I was listening uh, the views and experiences of some great personalities present here. and i congratulate them and i am lucky enough uh, to be a participant uh, in such a uh, huge demanding matter and uh, really it is contemporary and i think uh, very fruitful uh chandan sir arjun sir is it is it just me no no for for me as well i think if chandan sir can just turn off the video tab bandwidth thoda mil sakta hai ha sunai de raha hai aapko hello yes sir chandan sir yes, sir please sir. we can hear you sir please go okay uh we can hear Hello. you you can go on yes please ha uh, but during this time that is second time lockdown uh, the people are very daring uh, uh, very much daring i think because they don't wear mask particularly in rural areas they think that they have passed one year and nothing has uh, has been done and that the mortality rate is only 3% or 2% they come to know it but joblessness made them actually daring attitude that they they have their daring attitude because of joblessness and nowadays the people uh, have no other alternative but to go uh, to the uh, workplace but they cannot and uh, this covid situation uh, uh, actually leads uh, uh, the people to a hard reality on ground reality what we see here the people uh, uh, we are going to uh, uh, the sea as a fishermen somewhere going to uh, the uh, uh, kolkata and the metropolitan city and suburban areas uh, for as maid servants and many more were engaged uh, as a um, guest laborers in different states but they have all they have come and they are uh, they are bound to stay at their home 
having no job. As a result, the, uh, the uh, early child marriage becomes a rampant, which, which becomes uh, less than 5% in my locality. Uh, I know I have uh, 4,500 students and five hostels having 1,000 boarders. And I come to know many more drops out, dropout uh, is there. And uh, uh, the situation uh, really uh, a grim, a pathetic. And we discussed uh, in so many times, in so many webinars, and we, uh, we all agreed to this, that why the people uh, are, uh, are doing this. Because, uh, because you see, uh, they want to list their burden. And that's why early child marriage again becomes uh, a regular matter here in Sundarban area. And trafficking also is uh, done before this, uh, you know, uh, lockdown uh, unlock situation and lock situation actually aggravates this situation. This, uh, that is uh, 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 trafficking, particularly the girl-child trafficking. And uh, uh, the girls uh, need sanitary napkins. We provided them to uh, our networks. That is in 30 villages, we work with a team uh, team, uh, you, you know, Sohang Siddha group is there. So many groups are there, NCC, NSS, and other groups are working in their villages. And another thing is that uh, all have discussed all other things, but I am uh, discussing a separate thing, what I face every day. And, uh, and what happens here, the uh, online classes, uh, 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 they cannot reach. The, uh, the, as they have no Android set or no internet connection, only uh, 10 to 15% join uh, in our online classes and others cannot. This COVID situation uh, had a grim uh, reality, uh, uh, bringing the difference between the rich and the poor. It makes a soft difference. And that's why the, uh, the poor students uh, having brilliance, uh, are suffering from uh, inferiority complex. And that's why uh, there are some suicide, there are some hopelessness and other things that uh, uh, we have nothing to do. We cannot read, we cannot go to school, we cannot go to play, to the, our playground. And as a result, uh, such a huge number of dropout uh, will live and continue. Uh, 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 if there is no other alternative, if the government uh, does not come with uh, uh, a task force or a high level, forming a high level committee to assess the situation, it will uh, be a very dangerous in the field of education and uh, uh, they will not come back to their school. And I, I think so. And uh, we have to do something. If, if, if you see the uh, people are not going to uh, uh, hospitals or not, hospitals have no beds, uh, uh, no oxygen. And uh, they are, uh, some of them are forced to go to the nursing home and they cheat the pocket. And you see, uh, I, I only, only one week ago, uh, I sent a uh, lady uh, having fever and uh, other symptoms of COVID and he, she was treated within four days in the rural areas in a nursing of like joy demanded one lakh 
and uh, 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 she has to sold her uh, land and other uh, uh, materials, uh, ornaments, etc. And uh, how can the, uh, uh, this this experience uh, that the villagers share? And that's why they don't want to go. They are suppressing themselves. Ultimately, uh, some of them are uh, actually being killed in their houses. And uh, this is also happening because uh, uh, as our earlier speaker already uh, told it, uh, that uh, if they come to know, other people will boycott it. And that's a problem, huge stigma is there. And uh, 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 there are so many other things uh, that we have to combat. But to face the situation, what we are May I? Yes, yes, sir. I think sir has been cut off, but I think we heard most of what sir was saying, and uh, it, it really is 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 you know fascinating to hear about these very grim realities. Uh, yeah. Uh, yes, sir, can you hear, please go go ahead, go ahead. Sir, excuse me. Uh, please, sir, please go ahead. We can hear you, sir. sir we cannot uh, hear to your last uh, uh, one minute. So if you can repeat and go on. Yes, please. Oh. So. Uh, 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 please unmute Chandan. Yes, yes, go on. Uh, uh, as a uh, mute spectator. And we are working also in the field with the help of some NGOs. Uh, early child marriage, marriage uh, uh, we consulted with the IJM. International Justice Mission and Saji Philip came forward with his team and uh, all the headmasters of the rural areas and city, uh, city areas, um, town areas came with us and uh, we are combating that. Uh, we are uh, making counseling and informing police station, child line and so many uh, other places and also the village level committee and, and the block level child protection committee, uh, 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 we are discussing with them. Uh, but uh, there are, uh, you know, uh, uh, the same situation is prevailing, uh, uh, not informing us even. People, uh, other people's neighbors uh, remain silent because they know the actual situation that parents cannot uh, feed their uh, daughters, they cannot teach their daughters cannot send their daughters to schools. And uh, there are some psychological problems they crop up. And as a result, uh, uh, they are annoyed, irritated, sometimes uh, 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 un, uh, uh, that is uh, not comfortable, something like that, the, uh, uh, you know, the conflict between the daughter and the dad. And so many times uh, it results to leave the house and go with uh, some uh, unknown persons, and as a result, trafficking is being made. Trafficking is being done in this way. And early child marriage also is there, but we are combating, we are uh, uh, with IJM and other uh, social uh, and government organizations. And there is uh, another thing that uh, we are giving some food, cooked food, uh, dry food with uh, assistance of some NGOs and other. Uh, government and non-government organization. We are going to them 
giving uh, uh, shelter to them in our school uh, just to uh, relieve from uh, the cyclonic storm which is coming years and uh, all through day and night we are working and some volunteers are there number of uh, people are there youth are there who are coming with us our ex students some guardians some teachers uh, all are engaged in this aspect and our mukti the organization shankar is present here he is also a good friend of mine uh, the founder president of mukti always cooperates me cooperates me and uh, we are making some oxygen parlors and some uh, interim relief centers uh, in sundarban areas and other parts of west bengal with the help of our uh, headmasters we have a society for headmasters and headmistresses and they are coming forward they are taking the responsibility they are taking the leadership to combat this situation you know you see the inti garden areas we have our headmasters the same same uh, uh, matter they raised there what uh, our mla said said and also in some uh, brickfield areas like murshidabad and other uh, industrial areas like holdia they share it and uh, how to how how to uh, come out from this situation we need immediate the government's intervention hello yes yes sir so we will come to the way forward round chandan sir yes sir yes sir and okay. uh, uh, a patient hearing uh, you, you paid and uh, i am grateful to you for calling me here and all others uh, uh, stay safe in a good health and good mood thank you very much thank you thank you thank you tenant binayak we have samir sir uh, thank you so much yes sir oh we have yes. exactly and that would be I such a wonderful uh, uh name on the phone yeah. because yeah. some network issue so okay. if you can just introduce him then yeah, sir yeah. will make his comment yeah sure sure okay. you know it's 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 uh, arjun sir it's so wonderful that it is samir sir because i was just speaking about you know how there is this uh, you know there is the south bengal uh, issues that we brought about there was the north bengal issues that we brought about and it's so fitting that we now have uh, professor samir kumar das who is a, who, who is a professor at political science in the uh, university of calcutta and also the director of institute of foreign policy studies he was also the vice chancellor of the university of north bengal and somebody who was in love with north bengal it's it's really wonderful that we have uh, professor samir kumar das sir here so, uh, professor das is over to you sir Uh, thank you uh, i have to begin with a word of apology because i have to uh, make my presentation on phone uh, because there are serious network issues and since morning uh, we are suffering from power outage uh, i begin with a word of thanks to impri india to dr kumar the director of impri india in particular for having given me the opportunity of sharing Uh, some of my tentative thoughts uh, i could not uh, listen to some of the important presentations but i can anticipate that you had uh, some wonderful presentations here and uh, some churning of thoughts must have occurred here uh, let me begin by way of saying uh, that there are two givens when we are referring to rural india or for that matter rural bengal uh one is uh, that the health infrastructure is comparatively poor uh, comparatively poor meaning that uh, if you compare 
help infrastructure with uh, help in help infrastructure of the countryside with that of the urban india then obviously you know that the health infrastructure is poor uh, and we have to assume that the health infrastructure cannot be ramped up uh, in the immediate future so whatever solution we uh, think of must keep this in mind as given the second is that we are talking about vaccine hesitancy particularly in urban india but then if vaccine hesitancy marks urban india then i would say vaccine aversion is what marks rural india uh, and on top of it you have vaccine shortage uh, so we can't think of full vaccination in the near future in fact it's estimated that if this case of vaccination goes on then it will take another 5 years in fact 5 plus years to get the whole of india vaccinated now under the circumstances what can we do uh, i will say two things in this context one is that uh, we have to think of a solution in which in fact you you are not asking the villagers to go to hospitals in other words you catch the villagers before they are seriously infected and they need to be hospitalized so you need to act in a sufficiently proactive manner so that the infection doesn't turn worse and so that our health infrastructure doesn't get stressed you have to understand this thing it 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 makes absolutely no sense if you ask the villagers to go immediately to the to the to the hospital uh, to buy medicines because they don't have money they don't have enough hospital beds they don't have communication they don't have ambulances you have to keep all this in mind so you have to do something immediately so much so that they need to they, they, they don't have to need, they, they don't have to end up in hospitalization so this is the first thing the second thing is this that i will also raise the question that whatever experience i will share i'm going to share in a few minutes time with you uh, are actually experiences derived from uh, whatever happened during the first wave and why is it that bengal countryside could cope with uh, this infection uh, this problem and this disease uh, relatively reasonably efficiently i won't say absolutely successfully but reasonably efficiently during the first wave which perhaps did not occur during the second wave and in this context i would say that uh, we perhaps have to think in terms of social management of the pandemic uh, in other words which which implies lesser dependence on government facilities lesser dependence on institutions lesser dependence on hospitalization so on and so forth and what do we learn from our first wave i will just sort of use four sentences and then i will stop one is what i would uh, describe as disconnection because the lockdown was announced early uh, during the first wave so you know that urban india could completely be disconnected from rural india uh, with the effect that Uh, the urban india which are, which is otherwise the nursery of infection uh, could not infect the countryside uh, in the way for instance 
it is infecting and it has been infecting the countryside, particularly, for instance, in rural Bihar or the rural Uttar Pradesh uh, during the second wave. So this is the first thing, the disconnection probably uh, is the word. I'm not saying that a total lockdown will do, but perhaps you know that what we, what we have to think in terms is to sort of self-containment of certain villages, certain areas, so much so that you know that it is not in frequent touch and contact with uh, the, the urban uh, India. The second is what I would describe as identification and enumeration. In other words, uh, because you know that uh, urban India suffers from the vice of anonymity, we don't know who my next door neighbor is, but in the village everyone knows everyone else. So in anyone coming from outside, a migrant for instance can be easily identified. And this is very important because uh, you know that uh, you have to understand that people coming from outside must be kept at a distance uh, and they must be enumerated. Now, I'm telling you that even if you know that the government of India went to the Supreme Court saying that we don't have any data on how many migrants actually had migrated from their workplace back home, uh, you know that the Solicitor General perhaps went to the Supreme Court and said this, but you know that in my experience, particularly in the districts of Malva and Mushidabad, Malva is a North Bengal district and Mushidabad is a central north district of West Bengal. And I'm telling this for those who are not quite familiar with West Bengal's map. Now, I, I know for sure that each village, and particularly the religious uh, place, the masjid or the temple, for instance, has a record of how many people, how many villagers have migrated to which places and their phone numbers, their mobile numbers. I, we have worked on some of these villages. So they have the database and they know for sure that who all are the migrants. Uh, so the enumeration problem uh, is solved insofar as the micro villages are concerned. My third uh, pillar uh, for take away from the experience of the first wave is disallowance. In other words, stop them at the doorstep. In other words, whoever comes from outside, you stop them at the doorstep, don't let them in. And you have all different places where quarantine facilities were provided. For instance, it could be a crematorium, a burning hut. For instance, it could be a, 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 a local panchayat bhavan, a, a primary school building, so on and so forth. So you know that all these places, and remember that all those uh, quarantine places were set up at the initiative of the villagers. So the, even, I mean, without the mediation of the government. So that's the beauty of it. And finally, what I would uh, talk about is the fourth pillar was vigilantism. In other words, rural uh, initiatives by voluntary group, groups, clubs, vigilante groups. Now I can cite an example, and we have always been talking about. In fact, we have been in communication with Prime Minister at one. Uh, I'm sorry, Chief Minister at one point of time, arguing that why aren't clubs not mobilised? Uh, local clubs are not mobilised. Now, in sharp contrast to whatever has been happening during pandemic, think of the floods of 1978, the devastating floods of West Bengal. Uh, it took place during the autumn. And we know for sure that that was the 
probably the first or the second year of the left front government. It came to power in 1977 uh, uh, with the Janta government in power at the center. Now, the left front government could manage the floods. Why? Because it could mobilize the clubs, it could mobilize the local people, the neighborhood communities. So, that's the most important part. It's, it's beyond the competence of the government. And you have to depend on these local initiatives. So what are these clubs doing now? I know for sure that there have been, and many clubs have come forward. They are supplying uh, food. They are supplying everything to uh, to everyone else. Uh, they have set up, uh, and one example which you can describe as best practice is that in one of the Sundarban villages, they have set up uh, what I would describe as a children's school library. Because you know that many of the migrants, when they came back during the first wave, found out that their children were without uh, without schooling, without education. They were left in the large. They didn't have money to buy books. They didn't have money to buy, uh, buy cell phones or any device from which they can uh, access the online classes. So what did they do? They set up a library where school textbooks are distributed free and the students can borrow from the library. It's called Grameen Library. I will not name the uh, village because you know that probably it will not be fair to sort of showcase the village, but it's a, it's a best practice kind of thing. And the migrants actually raise the money themselves. They set up the library. Uh, and finally, you know that they, the, the local class also exercise in surveillance that whoever is falling sick. So why aren't the club uh, club buildings not turned into oxygen parlors, for instance. Let us keep two or three cylinders there so that you can immediately attend to the patients, to the doctors. What are these clubs doing? So that's the most important part. I think that we are not seeing uh, the mobilization of the local class, the local voluntary groups, in the way we expect them to see. So thank you very much. Maybe that I will have to sort of take leave and I will not be privy to the kind of discussion that will follow, but maybe that I will have to depend on uh, Dr. Kumar for all the proceedings. And at some point of time, I will expect that all the minutes of the proceedings will reach me and I will be at bridge. Thank you very uh, much. Professor, Professor Das, sir, could you, uh, you know, before you leave, could you just uh, give us time for one question, sir? Yes, sir. I mean, you know, because uh, as you said, you would not be privy to the discussions. So I thought it would be a shame to let you go without at least get, you know, getting more from you, sir. Uh, sir, I was wondering, whatever you were mentioning about, uh, you know, the reason why there's there's a spread of infections in the rural area, perhaps perfectly sums up why somebody like uh, Sri Rajin Sundas, as he was mentioning that, you know, he's seeing more cases of COVID coming up in the rural sites, sir. And of course, as you mentioned, and also as Sri Rajan Sundas was mentioning about what he's seeing in his constituency about how there is a general uh, sort of, you know, breakdown of, of uh, healthcare facilities, especially in these areas. Now, so I was wondering if you could just tell us a glimpse about the way forward. So, I mean, what would you suggest as the way forward? What, what, what is the one, uh, what is the suggestion you'd give to all the activists who are here, to all the people who are working on ground, sir? Yes, sir, let me also add a follow-up question to this since uh, we are also anticipating the third wave. And sir, you mentioned about the clubs and all, uh, uh, and you know, cyclone and other things. And there was also election and uh, uh, 
the voluntary organizations are also very tired because they have been working very hard and Bengal being uh, the land of Vivekananda, Tagore, also Marsin, uh, you know, putting so much of insights into all this. So uh, if you can also add what can be the reinvigorating force uh, to tackle for the third wave, Prasadas, over to you, yes. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, part of your voice uh, was garbled, so I, I don't think I could hear you uh, correctly. But let me try and answer the questions, if uh, assuming that these were your questions. Uh, the first uh, point is that during the first wave, the lockdown was uh, announced very early. Now, our Honorable Prime Minister has been criticized for that, but one good thing uh, was this that, you know, it could cut off the communication system very early. In the sense that urban India, which is otherwise the nursery of uh, infection, uh, could be effectively cut off from rural India. In other words, so countryside was spared that way. You have excellent experiments, not so much from Bengal, uh, but actually from parts of India's northeast, say in, in, in such states as Nagaland, in Mizoram, and in, and in other places, uh, and in other places, for instance, uh, uh, and in other places, for instance, where uh, you can see uh, that, where you can see that uh, that the urban India uh, was not in touch with rural India, so the countryside was spared, and the and the villagers were very uh, very conscious that they wouldn't let the urban people come in and would uh, and would uh, infect them. So this was one uh, great thing which had happened at that point of time. The, uh, but the, during the second wave, you know that you have already mentioned that there were some super spreading events, which means that the uh, that it, 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 it could spread out and there was absolutely no uh, restriction on free communication ac across the urban India and the rural India. So that's the reason probably which why this spread has occurred on a scale, on an unprecedented scale. We never could expect this to have happened. Uh, so this was, this, this, this is the, this is the contrast. Coming to the question of third wave and how we are going to tackle it, I think it's very important uh, uh, if the government uh, estimates are to be uh, are to be taken seriously, then you will see uh, that eighty percent of the patients actually don't need hospitalisation, and I know for sure that the voluntary groups the local clubs are exhausted, but exhausted for what? Many of the clubs simply did not do anything. They were just indoors during this time. What did they do? So why are they exhausted? You have to introspect and ask this question. Uh, this is, that it is, and I'm not saying that they haven't done anything, but what I will always say is that they could have done more. Uh, and if they don't do more, then obviously you know that the government support system will simply be not be enough. And I I did not say that the government structure has collapsed. What I say is probably that the government structure is inadequate. 
things ruefully inadequate. But then you know that many of the Bengal, particularly in uh, rural uh, Bengal, you have hospitals, uh, health centers, which are reasonably well equipped, uh, better than, let's say, what you see in Bihar or Uttar Pradesh. That's my primary. If you ask me to support my contention with data, at the moment I won't be able to do that, but probably you know that it's a shade better than whatever you witness in Bihar and Uttar Pradesh. So I would say that catch the COVID patients before they're seriously infected, so much so that they need to be hospitalized. That's my point. We need to act proactively. And who can act proactively? Not you and me who live in urban India. Only your next door neighbor, only the local club, only the para and local vigilantism. That's my point. So you know that the local clubs, they can serve as vigilante groups. And I say that the different government could do it in 1978. Why can't we do it in 2021? And I'm not saying that we have not done anything. I will emphasize on this point. Many of the voluntary groups have done enough. They have been doing a wonderful job, brilliant job, but then we could have done more. Thank you. Thank you so much, Professor Das. And I will share the proceedings and the video to you shortly. Right. Sure. Thank you. Have I a nice evening. Thank, Thank, Thank you. Thank you. Yes, we can. Uh, we can uh, I think we, yeah. Yes, our next panelist, uh, which is yeah. you. So I'll bring I, up the slides. Yeah, yeah, sure, sure, sure. Yes. So uh, meanwhile, Binayak, you can start yeah. that from where you are starting. Yes. All right. Uh, before, as the slides come up, uh, the, the issues that uh, Professor Das was talking about, and these are the same issues that uh, sort of what I want to present to you all. And it sort of re, uh, it got re, uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, iterated over and over again, as we were speaking, as, as everybody here was speaking about what we need to do and what, um, uh, what kind of problems we are facing in the rural side. And one thing that I think I, I take even as the moderator of this panel is that there is a need uh, for more decentralization of the COVID relief, uh, you know, uh, of, of the COVID relief uh, efforts that, 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 you know, that, that we need to do. Um, so can we go to the next slide, please? Yeah. You know, the thing is, uh, here in, in, in the Matigara Naxalbari side, this is, this is a constituency that has a lot and lot, a lot of bagans. This is a very, very rural side. There are only very few uh, you know, urban sort of clusters, which is basically Naxalwadi, Bazar, Bagdogra, and, uh, you know, uh, uh, what he calls Shiv Mandir Bazar, and then Champasari. The rest are very, very rural areas. Now, in, in a constituency like ours, and I would, I would, I would expand this into what Professor uh, Samir Sir was also talking about, in a country like ours, where we, where, you know, there is the, where the administration is highly centralized, right? Uh, and, and, certainly not does not have enough reach to reach the very very uh, you know the last sort of the outposts it's 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 not a region which is conducive to using uh, the methods that, that have been used in the west uh, where there is very robust health infrastructure and a very robust administration here uh, that kind of a 
you know, top-down model perhaps will not work. We will be, we will have to think about other kinds of efforts. Uh, you know, uh, something that has been expressed in in, in the Bombay model, which is a, basically a bottom-up approach, right? Which will, uh, which will basically, uh, you know, look at uh, uh, the Bagan and the Bagan areas and the the Padas and and what Sir was mentioning, the the, the clubs, etc., as the basis of which where we will have to sort of uh, center our uh, COVID relief effort. And uh, uh, this is, is, is a model that we'd like to call the Matangari Naxalbari bottom-up approach or rather the village model. So next slide, please. Uh, next slide. <laughs> next, next. There's a slide after this, sir. Next. Yes, thank you so much. Now uh, we have this. What uh, we've decided here is that uh, we have basically divided our effort into four stages. Uh, the first stage, where we are, we, we plan to create uh, what is termed as village action committee, which even Sri Rajin Sundas had just spoken about about creating committees, right? Uh, which uh, which will be dependent on the which will be dependent on these uh, very basic para village level or rather a, you know bagan. Uh, area-centric organizations who will create their own committees, uh, you know, who will, who, will, who will then work in conjunctions with the various Samaj clubs, religious organizations, NGOs, etc. Once these VACs are created, then, uh, 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 then, then what will happen is that these VACs will, will decide what the village or rather the Pada needs, right, whether it is, it is food or the, whether, whether, it is, uh, whether it is somebody who needs to be taken to the hospital, or whether it is sanitization, etc. Often, what happens? What we've seen uh, happen here is that a lot of people, well-intentioned people, you know, they go to these rural areas, take a lot of uh, you know uh, uh, stuff with them, you know, whether it is masks or whether it is cooked food or whether it is rations, etc., and go and distribute. Of course, they take lovely photographs and then put it up on Facebook. But the point is, you know, it's. it's I'm not saying it's not effective, but the problem is whether the right equipment and the right uh, resources are reaching the right people. For example, village A may or may not need masks, but then, you know, pe the people taking the masks to them, uh, they, they don't really know that. They think masks is something that everybody needs, right? So they take and give the mask to them. Now, it's something they may need, but it might not be at the top of their priority. Right? Similarly, cooked food, right? There were, there were various villages here. Uh, one of the villages that, that Sri Rajan Sundas was talking about, uh, which is known as Naya Basti, which is which is really really interior. Uh, you know, it's near the riverbed. It's 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 a region that's populated by Nepalese. Uh, what happened is that that village didn't necessarily need cooked food, but they got cooked food, right? When when what they really needed at that point of time was sanitization. Now, once a vac or a village action committee is created, they tell us what they require, right? They tell us whether it's food they require, whether it is. Uh, whether it is sanitization that they require, or whether it is mask, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Uh, in other words, uh, the village decides for decides and decides for itself what it requires, or you know, is not dependent on the arms or or charitable organizations to sort of give whatever they feel or what they are comfortable with giving. The other thing is that we have seen a proliferation of these various uh, uh, these various philanthropist groups. You know, some people there's so many helplines right now in Siliguri. Right, uh, not all of them work, but there are several of them, right? And there are so many uh, various organizations like the Marwadi Yuva Munch. There is, there is the, 
uh, there's the Lions Club. There is, you know, several of these clubs doing, you know, there's the opening uh, open kitchens. Some of them are distributing, you know, uh, masks. Others are doing what? But there is no organization amongst them. So, you know, there is no not there is no coordination between them. So what happens is that they at best affect only a small region, right? So what we intend to create is a war room filled with these people who will then coordinate between these various helplines, these various uh, philanthropist groups, et cetera, et cetera. Now, where does the VAC and the war room come together? The VAC, the, the, the members of the VAC call, uh, call, call, call the war room and then they tell them that we require this, 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 this. The war room then goes through all of, all of these various helplines, these various organizations who they are in touch with, and then they get the material that is required by the village and then send the required material to the village. In case it isn't found there, then we, from our own resources that we've been sort of stocking up, will then send it to them, right? In other words, there is coordination between what is required and then what people can provide. The other thing is that, you see, uh, while maintenance, one of the things that, that apart from, you know, what, uh, what we remember from, from the first uh, wave of the coronavirus is, is the kind of uh, lockdown measures that were implemented by the police. You had police beating up people, you had police sort of, you know, there was, there was, there was, there was very uh, strong arm measures that were taking place, right? Now, this, is, this often happens because the police is, is, is extremely stretched. Their resources are extremely stretched. Their manpower is extremely stretched, etc., uh, etc. Et now, the VAX, the Village Action Committee, will be in charge of maintaining lockdown in their own region. Uh, in many ways, doing what Swami Kumar Das sir was, was also saying, that maintaining the isolation of that particular village, uh, protecting it from the uh, uh, you know, infection coming in from outside. Once, because of the kinship network, see, this is the strength of the region. This is the strength of, of, of the East, kinship networks and the social organization at the grassroots level. Now, because of their kinship networks, information passes very quickly. They would know which, which house is affected, which house is not affected. Once a house is affected, they would take them and they would take to the isolation uh, center, local isolation center that, that we were proposing to create in each bagan and in sort of you know, clusters of certain villages, right? Uh, take the infected person to the, to, to the, to the local uh, isolation center and then isolate that particular household completely. In other words, decentralize the entire sort of uh, effect. And uh, uh, this is how we, 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 we've thought of these measures. I'm sure there are a lot of loopholes in this uh, ideas. We have constituted uh, uh, at least three, uh, three such VAC committees as, as, as sort of an experiment and, 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 and they've worked quite well. Sirajan Sundas just mentioned about one particular village that called us today, spoke about how out of 100 houses, 44 houses were infected. These 44 houses have immediately been isolated. The members, on, uh, you know, the, the infected members have been sent to, to, to the isolation centers and uh, the food requirement that they, you know, since they are daily wage earners, they've, they've mentioned that they require a certain amount of food grains, et cetera, et cetera. We've already packed it up and we are sending it to them. Now, I think this is the best way in which we can work where you know we are not dependent on the state entirely because as as all of you have mentioned if we are dependent on the state entirely then it's it's, it's a major problem uh, i'm sure there are a lot of problems and a lot of loopholes in these ideas and I, and i'm sure that we can get a lot of sort of feedback from everybody who's here in this panel uh, arjun sir i think uh, i'll end it here Right, sorry. So Vinayak, why don't we, you know, proceed for that or just a Yeah, I think, yeah. Yeah, I think we have, uh, we can shifting move. between.
and and a moderator. Uh, we have uh, Chandan Mathisar. We can go first. He has some relief work to also go do. Chandan, yeah. if you can hear us. Chandan Mathisar, can you hear us? Yes, please. Kindly unmute yourself, sir. May yes, I leave? Please. May I leave, sir? Hello? Yes, sir. In, in one, two minutes, if you want to convey your way forward. Mm, what else I should say? Uh, I on should the way say, I, on I the listen, forward, yes. I listen to you all. And uh, it is a good discussion. And contemporary, uh, the present situation is very grim, very worse. And we all together can combat it. Uh, definitely all the clubs, NGOs, uh, the person interest uh, in this regard and volunteers are to be engaged immediately to combat the third, uh, third uh, phase of uh, this attack of COVID. And uh, we should unitedly work, the central government, the state government, and uh, other uh, government, non-government organizations should come forward uh, uh, otherwise, the, the, our civilization will be in danger. So, uh, if we uh, we must uh, uh, have some policies, some uh, you know task forces uh, uh, are to be engaged, civil de defense and other uh, military forces or medical teams. Uh, uh, you know, uh, uh, the air force have their medical teams the army have, have their medical teams and other medical teams are to be engaged, uh, keep ready, and there should be a national policy, state-level policy, uh, high-level committees uh, to combat this situation. Otherwise, only the hospitals cannot accommodate all the patients. You see, there's our super specialty hospitals in, uh, in our state, uh, in, our, in Kolkata cannot even accommodate the patients belonging to the city, I mean, the urban areas. So rural people, where should they go? There is no bed, no oxygen. And that's why they are forced to keep themselves, uh, you know, uh, a shelter, uh, as a shelter in their home. And uh, they have no other alternative. And the COVID treatment uh, in, in, in uh, private hospitals is so costly that uh, it is beyond their reach. And uh, uh, if the government has to take the responsibility for all and uh, they must come forward, they must engage the clubs and NGOs and others. One more thing is that one of our uh, you know, participants mentioned the rural library. Uh, we have made it. One of my students, uh, he has done it. Uh, he was studying in uh, Calcutta University. Uh, he scored 74% marks in mathematics honors, and he did it. He collected uh, uh, Altab and, uh, from other uh, uh, persons like Altab and, uh, Altab and some local people, and he built it, uh, built a library helping the rural people, and that is the village named Rana Ghata, Purbo Rana Ghata, that's a colony and migrants labor, laborers are there from Sundarbon. And that's why uh, he was successful in this respect. I, I, I guided them and I am always associated with them. 
and so many works are uh, there ahead. Uh, we'll go forward. We are working here from last one year, more than one year, and feeding, giving medicines free of cost, giving oxygen free of cost, and other uh, some uh, doctors' help and others. So everybody should come forward in this way. Uh, not should be in paper, in Facebook, in WhatsApp, but in reality, they must come. Particularly, 70% uh, are covered with the rural areas, and rural areas have no doctors, no medicines, uh, no money. Actually, jobless people are there. And how can they live? How can they survive? One more uh, aspect is there that the uh, yes, the, the cyclone has come, and uh, the, uh, many of the of our villages are, are already flooded, and we have to work for them. And I am leaving now. I'm sorry for that, and excuse me if I am wrong. Thank you very much. Thank you all. Good night. Thank you, sir. Yes, Vinay, please go. Yeah, sorry. Thank you, sir. Uh, uh, if we can have more comments on the way forward uh, by, uh, by, by, if, if Tanmay uh, Bahadur is still with us. Tanmay? Yeah, uh, I'll just if add one point. Just we, we need more collaborations from all sectors and we also and we also need uh, a decentralized approach from the state government. And there is a, a, manage, a COVID management system from, for the state government hospitals. Uh, and we also need a same uh, type of database for the private hospitals. And their uh, prices should be regulated. And uh, we should know a district-wise private hospitals uh, beats availability. Otherwise, when the patient party called the hospital and they are uh, charging huge amounts, um, someone says one lakh, two lakhs during their admission period. So we need a, a database of the private nursing was also regarding the paid availabilities and all, like the government hospitals and collaborations from all sectors of the society. All right. All right. Thank you so much. Uh, you know, there are question answer uh, uh, box right next to participants. And because I was removed in between uh, the, the sort of, you know, the meat right now, and it's, it's actually lost to me. Uh, Bikram, sir, uh, could you uh, take one of the questions from there? I think there's one on education. Uh, question answer got, section. Uh, yeah. I've got saying that, do you think there is a religion factor in the whole crisis management? You spoke about the Jesuits. Yeah, yeah, yeah. What, how about the places where they aren't in the state? I think uh, it's not about the Jesuits or uh, it's about uh, uh, it's about the heart, the way you do it, you know. Here, I think the Jesuits came up because um, in Darjeeling, uh, they have a really big contribution towards education. So I feel, uh, yeah, they are very much connected to Darjeeling. Like our school is more than 100 and... Uh, uh, 40 years old now. Uh, college is going to be 100 years in uh, 2029. So you see, uh, this is the reason I think uh, we need to uh, look at the situation and deal the situation from your heart and use your head. You know, that is where you have to, you have to do it with love. It's just not a protocol or, a, you know, it's just not a rules or regulations or guidelines. 
we need to uh, uh, kind of uh, fight this pandemic in a very human manner, uh, not uh, not not very technical kind of way. You know, so this is one of the questions I had. I think the anywhere uh, it's also Ramkrishna Mission. They've also opened up a thing, you know, and I think uh, this is where uh, we need to work. And the the main idea here is Vinayak. We need to collaborate and innovate. Innovation, innovation is the only way out. We have to fight this because we have never uh, we have never faced this kind of situation. So you know, you we have to work it out, and uh, you have to just come out with some new innovations to fight it. You know, that's why I'm looking at. Those are really really strong words. We need innovation to fight this kind of situation, which. Unfortunately, it's not something that any of us had heard of or even now, you know, your grandparents might have heard of such a problem. Uh, could you also take the other question on education, Vikram sir? Yeah, uh, what was the question on education? The question on education is that, uh, yeah, you know, if the panelists could shed some light on the on COVID and education in the rural areas, implication on... Okay. I think one, uh, one we have been uh, doing it in Darjeeling is like educating the people uh, one in the local language, you know, because uh, this is still a very, uh, till last year, it was still a very foreign kind of disease, you know, where it was only shown on CNN and it was more like a, you know, a Chinese kind of virus, but it never kind of affected so much in, in India. But now it has actually come to the tea gardens and it has come to the most remotest place like I was just talking to a, a mountaineer and it has reached Mount Everest also. That is what they say. So you see, it has it has reached every corner of the world and for which I think the uh, people need to be educated regarding the COVID protocols and it has to be done in a very simple and uh, for which instructions, the medium of instruction so that they understand it's very, very important. And education, I feel everybody can take instructions now. I don't think uh, the world has come to such things like even if I go to a tea garden, um, the, the, the a tea worker would also be having a smartphone and you know watching maybe a video or maybe. So it's very well connected. So we must use the new media, which is really well connected now. And uh, this message regarding mental health, regarding COVID protocols, regarding stigmatization must reach every corner. So you must again here uh, innovate these messages so that it reaches to the people, so that it educates the people. Thank you so much, Vikram sir, for, for answering that question as well. If, if uh, Well, Shankar, Shankar sir has actually left as well as Chandan sir, and uh, we, we pray that you all are safe uh, both of both of them very heroically have gone out, uh, you know, for the relief effort against another disaster that's coming in with the cyclone Yas. So uh, we wish them well, but that also means that you know the number of uh, you know panelists here have have drastically come down. If I could get Tanmay again, Tanmay, you are somebody who's been working in in the rural areas, and uh, uh, you know, there's a question there: is is you know if. It is, uh, is there any possibility to request school teachers to keep in touch with parents of children to save some children from child trafficking, child marriage, and permanent dropout? We can't assure schooling right now, uh, given the upcoming third wave threat. Uh, but 
there is a possibility of reassuring parents to bring the children back. I know this is a question probably from Chandan sir, but I'm sure Tanmay, you could take this, please. Uh, yes, uh, in the, I, I know in some villages in Nadia district, uh, few NGOs are uh, convincing parents to keep in touch with them. They run some free coaching camps in villages and they are regularly keeping in touch with the parents of the children as the coaching are closed. And regarding the child trafficking and the child marriage cases, I recently heard in few districts it is increased, uh, mostly among the marginalized communities, because uh, as these girls are uh, uh, out of school and they have no connection with their friends and everything, they are they fall uh, in love with someone in the, over the Facebook. Even Purvo Medinipur district child protection officer said in last one year, most 80% cases were elopement. And these are not uh, as child trafficking or uh, child, these are child marriage cases, but these girls and the boys are falling in love with each other and the, the girl love with the boy. So in last one year, most of the uh, children spend time on uh, mobile phones and there uh, the chances of uh, falling prey for child trafficking or child marriage. But the, even the, in, the children reading in the government schools hardly get access to the, I, I mean the up to class eight children, hardly get access to any uh, smartphones to uh, attend online classes. The only thing we are getting that the percentage is 15 to 20% attend online classes. Otherwise in the rural uh, space, I, I, I can assure you in Murshidabad, Malda, Nodia, Pashtim, uh, Medinipur, Purulia, there is hardly anyone access the online classes. Thank you so much, Tanmay. Uh, Bikram, sir, you know, if, if, if trafficking is a in the hills, uh, right? You know, uh, and, and, and these same things that Tanmay spoke about in, in context of Nadia is also a problem that we see in, in a place like Darjeeling. Uh, would you like to answer this question as well? You know, Binayak, um, I had this um, opportunity, just I'm comparing this, not only trafficking, but uh, I don't know whether you, you know about, even in, in Nepal, we had gone to this place, it was in 2007-8, we had gone to the Western Nepal, where there is a Tharu tribe. Yeah, yeah. You see, in Western Nepal, there was a lot of uh, disturbance because of the Maoist attacks. There was a war between the Maoist and the army. So a lot of these Maoists, uh, they were internally displaced and they were, had gone to Kathmandu and settled. And that is where a lot of these uh, dance bars started to come up, you know. So these yeah. Maoists yeah. started to earn their living through dance bars. Now, what can happen is there is a definite problem of trafficking, but also people have lost their jobs now and they are coming back to Darjeeling or maybe uh, people have lost their jobs. So here there is people are going to be uh, displacement also. Like maybe we are going to, uh, like if, 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 if it continues, uh, you see like a lot of us um, kids from here work in malls or, or bigger hotels or restaurants. And if that happens, that can also lead to another, uh, you know, a really dark kind of profession because people, uh, they need to uh, fill their stomach and they need to earn a living. So this is one of the problems that I see but definitely your child trafficking is a problem here. And there is a lot of, uh, especially in tea garden areas, people, uh, especially now with, uh, you know, uh, there are these agencies which come up, they trick uh, these uh, tea gardens 
workers saying that uh, they you know they take them to dubai or take them to bombay you know and give them a good job instead of giving them a good job they are traffic to these red light areas there have been stories like that so one thing with uh, this pandemic is that uh, the e economics you know the economy is going to really be affected in the hills and that's another uh, a huge problem that we are looking at because most of the people are dependent on private jobs that and uh, most of these uh, kids have gone to bigger cities so there will be a lot of problem and uh, uh, last year there was like someone said last year a lot of politicians maybe because of the elections that was due next year <laughs> so they had uh, done a lot of work yes. so but this year yes i have not seen so much but i i we really don't have so much of idea what's happening in other states because this year it has um, it has really taken a toll on in the hills also last year we were pretty safe you know but this time is really scary so i think uh, not only trafficking but e even uh, displacement of people uh, uh, from cities to villages or to tea gardens that could also be a problem in the future thank you so much vikram sir and tanmay sir i wonder if we still have rajin sir around uh, rajin ji are you still there hello i i, I think we've lost him uh, because there are a lot of questions coming in for for him um yeah you know we just got a question on facebook live about uh, again a question for chandan sir but since he's not there i'll have to go to tanmay what is the role of aganwadis uh, where 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 you know especially in the areas that you're working on are they effective in combating you know uh, problems that that we're seeing especially with regard to education etc with the covid uh, cases Is this me? Yeah, yeah. Tell me. Oh, uh, most of the organizations are closed, and uh, they open uh, monthly one or two days, or uh, for the distribution of rice and aloo's in South Bengal. And I, I, I asked a ICTS project officer in Madhya District to open their uh, centers because I use their centers to distribute uh, napkins among adolescent girls, uh -huh. and they have uh -huh. a register, and they have a register of adolescent girls. They maintain uh -huh. a register. so uh -huh. in some some areas some districts some logs they are uh, anganwadi workers are working with ashas also uh -huh. they are in generating uh, awareness among hesitant communities regarding vaccination uh -huh. but in overall cases these uh, overall anganwadi system is not working in the state especially right. in south bengal in okay. specific uh, blocks there are some uh, uh, active uh, cities officers uh -huh. uh, project officers and they are engaging their asha workers even in south bengal programs few days back uh, in diamond harbor blocks bto told me that if you want to uh, i have a running a campaign in diamond harbor block also regarding the vaccination he said if you want someone to engage from my asha team you can uh, uh, you can ask me to i, I can ask the bmos to send uh -huh. some ashas to your campaign but uh -huh. i can give you uh, assurance for my anganwadi workers because they are not supposed to do any health campaigns regarding covid all right all right uh again thank you so much uh, uh tanmay and i'm sorry it's going to be bigram and tanmay for for, for the next 15 minutes because well uh, yeah. the rest have left us yeah, yeah. so uh, bigram sir are you are you are you okay to take a few more questions yeah 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 definitely uh well there's a question by prati tamam 
Hmm. What kind of differences have you witnessed in the rural areas of Darjeeling regarding knowledge, attitude and practices related to COVID-19 as compared to last year? One thing I would like to tell Pratik is this time they are really scared <laughs> because people are dying and uh, it's more virulent in the sense that um, last year we had worked during the, um, when the migrants were coming back and last year we had about 18,000 migrants that entered, came back from these bigger cities and uh, there was a lot of um, uh, like uh, government procedures you know, so there was a registration of migrants, there was quarantine systems, but this time there is absolutely nothing like that. In fact, I feel that uh, both the state and the central government was quite uh, clueless on what was about to happen, you know. And in fact, uh, for us also, the, as someone who's working with the COVID situation, we did not know about how big this wave is going to be. So <clears throat> this is where I think we lost out, but if we have to compare it to last year, this year, people are really scared. Uh, they are scared in the sense that uh, because people are dying and it's more more visible, you know. Last year, uh, it was, we had only about like one, one death in Kalimpong. But now we have lost count of how many people have died. In fact, the people have died uh, just uh, when they are about to reach the hospital. So they have not been even tested. Some have died in, at their homes, uh, finding it uh, difficult to breathe. Also, another problem is, uh, you know, this, uh, if there is a COVID death, people refuse to even acknowledge it is a COVID death. Yeah. Yeah. And uh, this, in fact, leads to uh, more uh, the spreading of virus, you know, because we need to be things. So this year, I think that is one, one of the things that are there is that people are a little conscious, like, for example, for funerals and these... Uh, uh, things that we see very less people going to this. So one thing is people are aware. People know that this, uh, the second wave is more dangerous, more is more, uh, the viral load is much higher than the first one. And I think uh, people are a little conscious, but again, people need to come out for their bread and butter. So that is why I think um, the crowd is still there. Not a full lockdown, not, not a curfew, but people are kind of responding to the lockdown that is being called by the government. You know, uh, they're, 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 I'll, I'll give both of you a break for, for, for a second, because the question has been asked to Sri Sundas. Uh, I'm pretty sure it's to Rajan Sundas, but since you haven't mentioned with Sundas, so I'll take this question for you and give the other two panelists a bit of a break. Uh, uh, and the question is the role of political parties during elections or the rise of case, cases. Uh, you know, it, <laughs> well, the person who's asked is anonymous. Uh, so, you know, we're anonymous. The, you know, it would be a little, you know, it's, it's impossible to that the elections were not responsible for this level of, 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 of rise of cases, especially in, in, in Bengal. But then even before cases, began in Bengal, you, you already had Delhi that was reading under the massive rise of uh, cases, uh, which didn't have an election. Uh, so, you know, it's, it's, I, I don't think it's necessarily, I mean, it's impossible to say that elections weren't, uh, uh, you know, weren't, weren't a reason or a factor in these, the, the spread of cases, but it, it's not the only factor. Uh, but it, the, the problem also, you know, it, it was exaggerated because of the fact that the elections happened in eight phases. 
you had uh, you know Shima, uh, madam mamta banerjee requesting the to to sort of short it you know to 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 make it uh, shorten it down to about one or you know especially in the last phase down to about one or two phases but but you well we see did not uh, agree to that and it went on for the whole distance of eight phases and and, and that probably played a role in it as well so yeah so elections i mean it, it's impossible to state that it wasn't was in fact it was probably a very very big factor um so yeah now that uh, the, the break for tanway and vikram is over uh, there's a question for tanway tanway sir please tell us a bit about vaccination plans for rural areas especially for the vulnerable communities tanway ji uh people are scared about the uh, vaccination first thing because people are saying that if you uh, get the jab you will uh, experience fever uh, headache so i i uh, visited diamondhurst block which is in south trend of parganas and there is uh, 60% was a muslim community and they are ignorant about the vaccination process and initially no one interested to take vaccines and after uh, the second wave in the around uh, early may and people started taking vaccines and they are not registering their names on the app or the, they are not accessing websites they have no, no idea about it and hardly anyone in the family uh, possesses any smartphone and they don't care about it and the next morning at, from the 6 am they started uh, overcrowding this public health center and there are around 600 to 700 people standing there and from 10 am the vaccination will start and only 80 to 120 people will get vaccinated and rest of the people are overcrowding this place every day this thing is happening there and now i heard the panchayat pradhan is making a list of the people of his own party and <laughs> sending his their name to the uh, vaccination centers i spoke to the pmo and he said no uh, i have no uh, idea about this but it's happening there this is the case everywhere initially there was no vaccine and when it uh, uh, we have some stock in the rural area and now people are powerful people are manipulating they are sending their people to first they are making list of the ruling party's member and all <laughs> thank you don't me don't mess up thank you so much even, 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 yeah, yeah yeah please go yeah even yeah uh, uh, as a freelancer i i didn't get any vaccines because even you, uh, the press club organized a vaccination drive and we went there and press club also uh, vaccinated their members not a freelancer so everyone <laughs> <laughs> no even i I've, i've got a i got a notification from my university saying have you been vaccinated so my answer was no yeah. but i didn't get a response I, I, did, I have, did you get a, yeah. i have an issue here vinak uh, so yeah. uh, you know i've been really raising this issue up with the dm also that uh, you know tea is a continuous uh, product right uh, so tea mm, they have put it in essential commodity so even as like professors are under lockdown we are doing classes from home and the shops are closed the offices are closed but the tea garden people are still going and plucking tea because it is an essential product so uh, every day we have uh, uh, there is a priority list which the government is following so right now it is teachers i think so vinayak and all of us also are uh, uh, put in this group so yesterday there was this hawkers and media people and transport people they have got their vaccine uh, media also there's a there was a problem because they said only accredited 
journalists <coughs> and there is very few accredited journalists now they are more freelancer journalists than accredited journalists but uh, my question to the government is why isn't the tea garden workers god help us we will not be able to uh, stop this pandemic because the rural belts are, the infrastructure is really really bad and uh, you know it will be a mess so the government must look into this must appeal uh, we have appealed to the government the even the tea uh, garden owners they should uh, take this up seriously i think even uh, rajan uncle does this in their in, in the tarai belt Uh, they have not got their tea garden. Uh, tea garden. Uh, they have not got their shots as of now. But in that priority list, we have transgender sex workers. We have lawyers. We have got everybody else, other than the ones who are open. So I think that way the policy somehow the, uh, there is something like you know on on ground there is something and on on the policy in uh, in the table there is something else. So this also should be a major concern for us. And I think through these forums. vaccination for tea garden workers should be taken as priority i think that is where i want to uh, say right. that that's actually a very very important point and that's something that i think we should really raise especially with regard to the tea garden workers you absolutely right it's 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 it's, it's something that uh, sri rajendra was also talking about a while ago about you know the management's uh, discomfort with with having everybody tested uh, anyway uh there there is a question that i probably we, we we probably need to sort of head towards towards the end because the questions are keep coming in and i'm not sure how long we can continue but uh, there's a question that i think both of you could could take which is prati uh, tamang which is what kind of measures should be adopted to accommodate patients with an already outlined medical condition who requires constant medical supervision and hospitalization what kind of alternate care standards be provided to them keeping in mind that they don't get affected who are more susceptible to covid-19 uh tell me if you can begin and then become sir can take it up it is more medical question uh <laughs> and we don't and there uh, is no infrastructure at all na there is no infrastructure in districts and uh, after uh, even after trinamool uh, government after 10 years now we are realizing that there is no there are super specialty hospitals in districts in the name but there is no icu beds there are scarcity of oxygens in districts there is absolutely lack yeah. of infrastructure yeah yeah absolutely vikram vikram sir would you like to uh i have i have got this one mantra saying uh, health is wealth now so we need to be uh, for those people who have not got any comorbidity best time to just go out and exercise and uh, you need to be fit so it is survival of the fittest like that that is what is going to happen now and those people who have got comorbidity sadly they have to be isolated and they have to even be very careful uh, even i have seen like many cases where people come out of covid but they die uh, they have uh, like you know they are not uh, normal as as in many get uh, like heart attack and you know they they the blood sugar level really goes up and although it's a very medical kind of thing 
but i think uh, people uh, who have got this comorbidity they should be also or like a post covid uh, place like we have a pre hospital which is like a safe home but now government also needs to think about a post covid kind of place where people can recover so here it's like with high protein food or with exercise or you know with planned uh, diet uh, they kind of recover and they come back to the uh, to their normal lifestyle so i think this is also very important a post covid uh, help and center something like this and that's that's a really really good suggestion and something that can only come from somebody who's been actually working on the field and not theorizing inside an office uh well you know i think we would now have to sort of come we'll have to end the discussion i know there are a lot of questions here that are yet not answered uh there were a lot of questions for shirajin sundas that uh, unfortunately is not there to take uh, he he probably take it and then he can respond uh, via arjun sir i think that's that's a possibility now since uh, professor somyadeep chatopadhyay sir is not here who is supposed to be the discussant i i would have to give the concluding remarks and my uh, this this i would not take, take take you know any longer time i'm sure you know both tanmay sir and vikram sir are quite exhausted after taking the questions for the other men for others other people as well uh you know it it seems that what we've all heard today is is about how uh, there is in the second wave there is there is there is a, a massive amount of infection infection especially in the rural side where the healthcare system was already quite weak right and the other thing that we, we and and that has and why it so was was very nicely uh, theorized and summarized by by professor samir pidas and uh, uh, you know the other thing is that uh, the state government or government or state in itself will not be able to tackle this by themselves especially in a region like ours right where we need as bikram sir has continuously said we need to innovate and we need to keep thinking on our feet where we need the help of independent uh, journalists and independent uh, ngos and paras and clubs and etc etc people that are represented by conway right uh, so i you know for me personally this has been an extremely engaging panel you know this is this is a panel where we journalists where we've had social uh, workers you know social activists where we've had professors and where we've had a politician uh and and it is it, it's it's from forums like these that we can get in touch with one another and and evolve a even more uh, streamlined and a very very effective plan to fight back against covid and not just against covid but as uh, as 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 bikram sir has rightly pointed out even for the post covid uh, 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 you know recovery and with that i think i would like to end here uh, with uh, and over to you uh, simi for your vote of thanks yes thank you thank you very much binayak and uh, it was uh, i mean i just couldn't move out uh, to um, it was really really thoroughly enriching session by um, uh, the eminent panelists as you have mentioned and uh, all of you joining from west bengal to talk about uh, what your experiences have been and how you are tackling the second wave and then amid the second wave there is another challenge of uh, the cyclone so uh, you're all there on the ground and you have been so uh, thorough with your discussions especially with uh, um, you know also engaging with the question and answers here on zoom and also on facebook live i must congratulate even the audience for uh, posing such important questions and i am sure you agree with me when uh, the questions on uh, vaccination on the role of rural communities 
uh, role of um, uh, civil society actors, all of these come in the forefront. So I am uh, so grateful and I'm so delighted that this was a huge success. And thank you very much uh, to all the panelists. And I would like to formally propose the vote of thanks on behalf of the Center for um, Habitat, Urban and Regional Studies, IMPRI Impact and Policy Research Institute. Uh, um, uh, our, our eminent panelists for the day, uh, Mr. Sankar Haldar sir, um, founder president Mukti, uh, Mr. Chandan Kumar Maiti sir, general secretary, advanced society for head, headmasters and headmistresses, uh, West Bengal, Tanmoy Bhaduri sir, uh, independent journalist and development communication expert, uh, Dr. Vikram Rai, assistant professor from um, St. Joseph's College and founder of Vikran Foundation, uh, Sri Rajen Sundas sir, uh, member uh, MLA uh, candidate from uh, Congress, Matigara Naxalbari uh, constituency, Darjeeling, and uh, Professor Samit Kumar Das, uh, Professor of Political Science and Director of the Institute of uh, Foreign Policy Studies, University of Kolkata. And uh, of course, uh, our moderator for the session, Dr. Binayak Sundas, uh, who is Assistant Professor at Center for uh, Himalayan Studies, University of North Bengal, uh, Siliguri. Uh, Darjeeling. So uh, thank you very much. And it was very, very enlightening. And uh, we'll be sharing the report. And also, um, I thank our presentation team, uh, Manuswini Mahima, and also our uh, team here at IMPRI. So thank you so much. And I wish you all, uh, please be safe and take care. And I hope for uh, further deliberations on this uh, again in future. Thank you. And it was really pleasure listening to all your insights. Thank you so much. Thank you, Binay. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Please take care and have a nice day. Take care. Bye-bye.